Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, Episode 24. Hello and welcome to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We put this show together to inspire you and help you break through to the life that you want to live through the power of real estate investing. My name is Rob Brake and here with me again is Sandy McKay. Hey guys, Rob, James. And someone else on the line there too tonight again, <laughs> yeah. James Maggs, rock star real estate investor uh, hey joining us tonight. So, Thanks for having me. Yeah, so, excited for it. Me too. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have that coming up in just a couple minutes. And first, I wanted to just say that everyone should go over to our website, BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca, and sign up for our free gift, the seven freedom activators that you can trigger in your property starting right now. It's a comprehensive report for everybody who wants to learn how to make their money work for them instead of working for your money. Right, Sandy? That's pretty much it. You nailed it. Of course, go to uh, iTunes. Check us out. You can download all our podcasts there as well. And always appreciate if, so, if uh, you want to leave us a review, give us a five-star rating, of course. So we're happy to see those. So if you have a chance to do that, love to hear that. Love to hear any questions, too, you might have about uh, the show or about our guests, anything like that. Um, love to see you uh, folks reaching out. I think you thought I was joking last time when I was when I was saying that there's something wrong with my computer when I go on iTunes because honestly I've heard that people are leaving us um, re- reviews on iTunes but I can only see three of them the first three that we ever got there's more than that right I guess I'm, I'm just hoarding them from you or something I don't know I see some <laughs> well they should be up there for the public isn't there I don't know. I can only see the three of them, but I've heard like several people have told me they've written them and sent me copies of what they put on and I can't see them. I don't know. No matter what I do. Maybe it's because I don't have a Mac. Maybe it hates PC. I don't know. Well, yeah, probably. (laughs) Probably. eh? And I just want to mention that Sandy and I are big fans of Audible and we listen to a lot of our, a lot of the education that we get comes from audible and i did take your advice and i got tony robbins book money i haven't listened to it yet but i do have it there i got that through audible yeah, so after the game yeah it's good i think i'm looking forward to listening to it i'm right in the middle of another one right now um what was that one called 10 percent happier mm. i don't know i'm on the fence about that one it's uh it's about meditating and stuff like that mm. which i can see the uses but it's just hard for me well I don't know. Maybe I'm closed-minded. Like maybe I got to find the time to give it a give it a go and see what happens. What do you think, James? Yeah, I've heard a lot of people had a lot of success with meditation, but uh, it hasn't hasn't worked for me. It's tough for me to clear my mind. Right. I guess it takes some practice, is what they say. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Finding the time to do it is tough. So, Rob, tell us about this. Uh, this. I don't know what's been going on with you. You're selling the house for some reason. I don't. I thought I thought we're never supposed to sell houses. Well, hold on. Well, don't we I want can, people? Don't maybe, we want, me and, maybe me and James sell houses, but not our own houses. <laughs> well, but don't we want people to go to uh, breakthrough slash audible free trial? Oh, and okay. try out Audible. 
Of course, of course. <laughs> I uh, yeah. That. No, I am. I am selling a house. I'm selling my uh, student rental duplex. It just doesn't fall into my current, you know, my current strategies. And quite frankly, I'm not a big fan of the student rentals. Uh, so I decided to sell it. And you know what? It's a good market, especially for duplexes over here right now. So why not? I'll get. Uh, I'll pick something else up that uh, that's more more into more more something that I'm into. You know, uh, James, you've got some student rentals. I'm not into playing dad. I don't know if you're managing yours, but that's what I find is happening a lot. I was going to say that's where a good property manager comes into play. Yeah. Well, we started a property management company. Maybe I should have hung on to it a bit, but <laughs> I was kind of looking at the dollar signs from selling it as well right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the cash flow on, on if I didn't use it as a student rental, it really only would have brought in about 150 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's not, that's not terrible, but I, I can do a lot better and I have done a lot better. So I figured, huh, why not? I'll just sell it and uh, move on. So what are you going to buy? You got two realtors here. What are we buying you next? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Show me something good. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll talk send about me, that later maybe. Send me some pocket listings. I'm not into competing. Okay. Can yeah. that. I've got uh, I've got three that I'm actually looking into right now. One of them is a legal duplex and the other two uh, need to be legalized. So we'll see what happens with those. Of course, man, I'm telling you, things are moving slow nowadays though. It's... Uh, it's um it's tough to get it's tough to get these things nailed down for me right now. Yeah. But what, private deals you mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got a couple of um I've got wholesale deals closing. I got one wholesale deal closing uh in May and June and July. So So that's good, but as far as stuff for myself, I'm uh I'm still looking. So if you have anything, yeah, send it my way. <laughs> right on. And did you have anything you wanted to talk about? Um, not really. Oh, I, I guess we talked about our that Barry project we were working on. We just finished it and got it appraised. I don't know. I guess if people have been listening for the last few couple episodes, bought a house in Barry, fixed it up, um, and refinanced it, and we're pretty much we did pretty well. We're getting almost all of our uh, our money out of it. Um, it was a big project, and it was uh, yeah. We won't get into the details. I mean, I mentioned it in our old episodes or our last couple. So that's it. Just uh, finished off with that one and kind of happy. I'm kind of sick of, uh, we didn't drive out there too much, but I'm a, a bit sick of even the couple drives we did. Uh, I don't feel like doing it anymore. <laughs> it's better than driving to Barrie in January or December. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, did you want to, did you close on your new place yet? No. Maybe we'll talk about that next episode. We're getting, okay. uh, still about, um, uh, I think we get it in three, four weeks. Okay, so that's still happening though. Yeah, long closing, right? Because vacant possession. So, yes, long the closing. best kind. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, one more thing I just wanted to mention is that we <laughs> we are starting a property management company. I'm working with some really smart, hardworking people here uh, from Durham REI. Actually, is where I met them, and um, we're going to have that up and running really soon. It's called. Uh, Big surprise, breakthrough property management. Nice. So, yeah, that'll be up and going hopefully by the time this episode comes out. The so, so next one we'll hear about it. You're gonna, you're gonna, maybe you'll have me as a client. Uh, yeah, well, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. I'll send you some, I'll send you some info. Okay. 
Yeah, you're not interested in uh, driving out to Oshawa very much either lately. No, <laughs> not really. It's a bit of a okay. trick. Yeah. yeah, you could be our first client of a house that we don't own. Okay. Okay, so let's move on here. Let's get to our guest, shall we? Okay, so today we're on with James Maggs. He is a realtor with Rockstar Real Estate Brokerage, as well as an investor. And today he's going to tell us his story of how he transitioned from his job into real estate full-time. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, James? Uh, sure. So, um, uh, as you mentioned, uh, realtor with Rockstar Real Estate. I've been there uh, just over a year now. And uh, I live in, in Hamilton, actually, in, in Ancaster. So, not, not I think, Sandy, you're in Hamilton, too, are you not? Yep. Yeah. Downtown. So, uh, yeah. So, um, luckily enough, when uh, we moved out here before I'd started any real estate investing, before I found out that, that Hamilton was one of the top places to invest, so I kind of lucked into being nice and close to that. Um, but, yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm a full-time realtor, help uh, people, teach them to do kind of what I did, learn how to invest um, properly um, and strategically in real estate in uh, Hamilton and surrounding areas. Cool. How did that, how did he get into real estate investing? Then? Yeah, this is a big, big, long kind of sequence of events kind of led to it, which is I think kind of a lot of people's stories are are similar. But so out of school, I kind of fell into a corporate job, very comfortable um, and uh, paid well enough that didn't lead me to uh, to look elsewhere really for for quite a while. So um, I stayed there for. Before I started kind of feeling a little bit of the, uh, you know, you're always talking about the, the um, pleasure pain response before I started feeling the pain, it was about 10 years. And then I realized that uh, it wasn't probably where I wanted to be for the rest of my life. If I was going to sit there and, and eventually retire with a, a pension, I was going to need to do something, something else that it, otherwise I was going to be miserable. So uh, I think it was about 2005, I started, picked up a couple of real estate books uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad and uh, some of the other Kiyosaki books, um, which kind of obviously started the ball rolling. And then um, 2007, I think I, re- I remember recalling getting an RRSP statement and uh, realizing that even after putting money into it for I think it was two or three years, it was still lower than where it had, it had been originally after the kind of stock market started to take a tank in 2007, 2008. And I figured mm. there's got to be a better way. And then uh, I don't. It was it was really weird. I think I had started just signing up to a couple of the different uh, online real estate sites to get additional information, and I got a call from one of the Robert Kiyosaki Rich Dad Poor Dad coaching programs, who uh, were starting to operate in Canada. They had a I think it was an eight uh, to ten week coaching program that said uh, we'll teach you everything you need to know about investing in real estate. We'll help you to close on your first purchase within a year of starting. And uh, long story short, I ended up buying a property eight months after starting that coaching program. So that kind of lit the fire under my butt to to take some action and uh, and got me rolling. Nice. nice. So what was that one that you bought? Um, it was actually a triplex in uh, in Hamilton. First so, first property a triplex. Yeah. Nice. I, I kind of it was almost a, a blessing that I didn't know any better that I should start with like you know simple stuff single family and I jumped right into the multifamilies because everything that I had read said you know you got to look for like at least a thousand dollars a month in cash flow so that's that was my goal and that's what I achieved on my first purchase. Nice. So it, do you still have that one? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not giving that one up. No. It's, uh, it's working it's, out well. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's in Hamilton. Like I said, I'm, uh, 
everything except for one of my properties is in Hamilton. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not. If you if I'm looking now, if I if I were to look back, I probably wouldn't tell people to buy in that area. But that's just because most people don't have um, tolerance for I guess different tenant profiles. I think I've had one, maybe two months vacancy over the past five years of L3 units. So Great. no, it's been very good to me. And you're probably I don't know what area, but you're probably gonna get a little better here. It probably already has since you. Oh, it has. Right? Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. yeah, it's actually just north of the uh, the new Tim Horton Stadium. So, okay, um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, so I, I'm really curious about this next one. Walk us through from where you were there to where you are now. Sure. So, so started the, and again, this is where I mean, I, you read enough books to know I'm supposed to build my team, trying, uh, trying, trying to get a realtor that was going to help me. They said that they were uh, they were familiar with dealing with investors where I found out after about six months that I was teaching them more about real estate investing than they were teaching me. I <laughs> um, uh, found an accountant who said he knew how to do, uh, to do the books for uh, a real estate investor. Again, um, found out after the first first year after I finally realized that I, I, they, they weren't able to help me. They were more of a small business focused. And so I realized that I needed to join some sort of organization that had a focus on real estate investing. So um, started looking around and, and the big one that, that I found um, was the Real Estate Investment Network. And so um, joined them, went to the first big, um, their big conference they have every year that they just had actually last weekend, the Acre, the Authentic um, Canadian Real Estate Conference. Um, and I uh, uh, actually met my my partner and mentor, Erwin uh, Zito, who is Mr. Hamilton there. And um, uh, from then on, I uh, started using him as my realtor and uh, and he kind of guided me and uh, I was able to uh, to continue to invest successfully in Hamilton. I went from uh, one property in uh, 2010 to uh, one property in 2011 and then I met him and I bought five properties in 2012. Wow. So I went from kind of being on the fence, really being uncertain of whether the decisions I was making were the right ones to, okay, now I've got somebody who is validating what I'm doing and I, uh, is in the right direction. Um, and I had the, the support of the Real Estate Investment Network and uh, a lot of the, the teams that I was able to build from there. And, and it was like, you know what, full steam ahead. Um, and that year was, it was crazy. So I was working... You know, sixty, seventy hour a week at uh, at my job, as well as uh, picked up five properties and fully managing everything myself, doing all the tenant placement and, and all that good stuff. So, what kind of properties were you buying then? What in that year was it? Um, were you yeah. fixing? Did you have to do a lot of rentals or no? So, I mean, I did rentals on the the triplex when I first bought it. I realized after that, I think it took me took me six months to finish the rentals. I realized if I had paid somebody, I would have. I would have actually not. I would. I would have made the same amount of money because the amount of money I saved uh, by doing it myself, I would have made back in rent by having it done oh, sure. in, in a month. <laughs> well, so, I mean, what I meant was, did you have a lot? Did you buy a lot of properties where you had to get rent yeah. done? No, no, no. Actually, everything else was pretty much turnkey. So, um, so after I joined um, Real Estate Investment Network, I actually joined Rockstar. Rockstar has a subscription similar to what Rain has. And uh, newsletters and CDs, and their focus is on a lot on rent to own. And because I wasn't really sure what my uh, investment horizon was going to be and and what my overall strategy was, I really just was drawn to rent to own. As you know, what if I'm if I'm unsure after three years, uh, I'm able to sell the property, get out, and f- get my money back and reinvest it in whatever 
whatever I finally decide to do. Um, so then I started looking at, at rent to own and those properties are pretty much all, you know, at their turnkey. And I'm able to, I was able to actually close on a few of them and have tenants in without even a single month of vacancy. So I think first property was uh, the triplex. Then I had uh, two straight rentals before I, I figured out about rent to own. Then I did four rent to owns. I had one rent to own buyout. Um, there's another rental and then I'll tell you the story about after. And, um, then I've started to look more at student rentals now. I know you say you don't like them, but the, uh, the cash flow is, uh, is just a little bit too attractive at this point. So, and I'll let my property yeah. manager deal with all the headaches. There's plenty of people that love them. Uh, it's yeah. just not something for me. That's all. Yeah, I know we have everyone so many has their focus. Uh, and you know what? I applaud those people that want to go through that. My, my thing, you know what? You're probably right. Like, as far as the uh, management stuff goes, I should have tried to delegate it. I thought of a lot of different things, a lot of different ways to go forward and hang on to it because that is one of the things that, like Sandy, you were saying when you asked me about it, so many people say that their biggest regret is selling whichever, selling any of their properties. So I hope I don't fall into that, but we'll see. Yeah. Right. James, what was your family life? I mean, did you have a family at this point too and everything? Yeah, no. So my daughter, my do- it was funny because I, I have a, a distinct memory of my wife helping me paint the, uh, the unit in the triplex when she was probably about seven months pregnant with my, with my daughter. So luckily we, we knew we were using low VOC paint, so I wasn't too worried about that. But <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, my daughter was born in 2010. Obviously, she took up a lot of our time and my wife was on maternity leave and, and all that stuff. But so I was really just, I was putting as as many hours as I could morning and night into uh, trying to build the portfolio before my daughter was like walking and talking. And, and then I was I was able to be present for all of those kind of big milestones and stuff like that. So she's she's in, uh, she's five now, just turned five. She's in uh, first year JK at school. So it's uh, it's been awesome to be able to um, be in the position that I'm at now and, and be able to spend as much time as I can with her. Yeah, that's cool. I'm looking forward to doing that myself because I'm, I still work like 11 or 12 hour days myself every day too <laughs> and then try and do this stuff around it. So James, are you so you were so you bought? I just want to put it into context for people listening, just because it's, it's it sounds like you had a busy year there. You were dealing with terrible twos and buying five properties in one. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think my even though it was terrible twos, my my clients were probably more terrible than that. So because um, <laughs> uh, my my clients from my corporate job were all were banks and insurance companies and and stuff like that were uh, a, a, a lot of uh, unreasonable demanding executives that I was I was dealing with. So. The, I, what I didn't mention was, was actually, and to put stuff into perspective, was I was actually able to uh, work from home for a lot of that time. So even though I was putting in a lot of hours, um, I was doing a lot of the real estate stuff. You know, I would get up at uh, quarter to five in the morning. I would do that from five till nine. I would do my, my corporate job from, you know, nine till about 4.30. And then I would pick up and, and do the real estate stuff in the evenings after uh, spending a couple hours with the family. Cool. I'm going to go off the real estate topic for a second. Speaking of terrible twos, I think they should change that because both – I have two sons and both of them, when they were two, they were great. And I thought, where is this terrible two thing? And then as soon as they turned three, they like went – they turned into maniacs. Yeah, I have to agree. No, my daughter was the same. She was – I have to clarify though. She was never – we were lucky. She was never ever, ever bad. 
I mean, to put it like compare it to what I know of uh, friends and and their kids that that did go through the terrible twos or the terrible threes. Um, even when she was bad, she was still good in comparison. So we were very lucky that way. So how did you transition then from that full time salary job into real estate full time? Right. So it was. Um, I don't even remember how it came up in conversation, but after working with um, with Irwin for, um, I believe it was probably about three years by that point, he kept on half-jokingly kept telling me to get my real estate license. And uh, um, after, you know, probably about three or four months of him, at least on a monthly basis, telling me to do it, um, I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start looking into it. Um, I was pretty swamped at work by that time. Obviously, I've got, I had, I think, eight properties at the time too. And I said, you know what, I'm going to take a month off. I'm going to take a leave of absence from work unpaid just to kind of get caught up on everything from a, a real estate standpoint, get my head set on what I wanted to do long term and figure out what the time commitment and stuff was going to be for um, getting my real estate license. And I figured, you know what, worst case, I've got it. Um, I can pay myself when I buy a property, right? I'll, I'll get paid at least for, for my own property, even if I do nothing else with it. So figured that out, realized what, that it, it was something that was going to make sense, and then slowly started to, to work towards it. I think I took my first exam that, that fall, which would have been 2013. And then uh, I think it took me about eight months to... Uh, to eventually get my license. I had to push it out a couple times, a couple exams because it got really busy. Um, got my license and then said, you know what? Okay, I've got it. I'm going to start taking on clients and see how long I can do both. And uh, as it so happened that that year at work was probably one of the most stressful years I've ever had. Um, and then add to that managing all my properties and trying to sell real estate at the same time <laughs> as a beginner realtor. So Again, and have my my family and stuff at home. And so I kind of had that conversation with my wife and said, listen, you know what? I've got to do this. It's going to be probably the most insane year we've ever had. But I think if we can just get through it, then just things are going to be so much better after. I worked my, my, my butt off until probably, I think it was September when I realized, okay, like it was kind of the, the breaking point. And I had a big shift at work too, where, uh, they had said, you know what, you're going to have to be on customer site, downtown Toronto three days a week. So not only was I no longer working from home, I was commuting from Hamilton to Toronto three days a week. So again, I was getting up at like four 30 doing as much real estate stuff as I could in the morning, jumping on the go train at, uh, 10 after 7, taking the train into downtown Toronto, being on its client site all day. Um, my wife was still working at the time, so sometimes I was jumping back to try and pick up my daughter from daycare just in time. And then I was trying to sell houses in the evenings on our weekends. So uh, as you can imagine, it, it was pretty insane. <laughs> That'd be crazy. I don't know. Can't, I, can't, I can't imagine doing anything else, like a, a real job along with being a realtor. It would be hectic. Oh, I know. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not sure. And we we do like weekend. We were doing evening boot camps and stuff once a month, and we do weekend training sessions and stuff for clients. So, it, yeah, it, it was just insane. And so I, I talked to my boss and I said, "Listen, I, I'm gonna need to take an extended leave of absence." And in, I originally had no intent um, on going back, but I said, "You know what? At least the door is still open if I do ever decide." So. Um, we agreed to uh, a six-month leave of absence unpaid. I kind of stayed on for an extra four weeks to help train my replacement. And then that's it. As soon as, uh, as, soon as she was trained and I got the, the green light, I went ahead and then moved into it full-time, which was October 10th, uh, 2014. 
How do you go about getting clients and that kind of thing while you're working full time and make that work, make that, build that into something that you can confidently say, all right, now I can leave my job because I have this already built and I can fall back on it. Right. So similar to, to what a lot of other brokers do is, is there's the option to, to, to work on a team. So um, I was able to join the Mr. Hamilton team, right? So I wasn't, you know what, green starting out on my own at, at like a Remax or something where I had zero clients, zero zero marketing, zero anything and having to like door knock or do cold calls and stuff, right? So um, I was coming from an established client base where I was able to gather new clients through the Mr. Hamilton team. Um, and that was actually part of made made the transition for me very easy because I knew that uh, I was going to be able to leverage that at least to the to, to start off my my real estate career as as a realtor. So uh, James, if you look back, because I'm just I don't know if there's any budding realtors out there listening. Maybe there is. If you were to um, look back, would you? still do both at the same time for a period or would you think just jumping into being a realtor makes more sense? I think jumping in would have made more sense for sure. I, I don't think I knew the amount of clients that, that we were going to have. And at the beginning of the year though, for me, I was like, you know what, I, I probably should keep my foot in the door. But if if I had had to make the decision again, maybe mid or late last year, I probably would have right away just uh, gone on and, and been a full-time realtor. Uh, I just wasn't sure because I think when I started thinking about it, it was like January, February, right? So our, our client base was was a little bit slower. I knew there was there was low inventory, slow market. So, and then of course when I first when I got my license in March, it was spring market, right? So it was there was tons of activity. There was it, was, it made it a lot more easy. easy. And uh, I thought, well, I, okay, I can do both for a while. But I mean, it really depends. It's, it's very situational. But yeah. um, I, I, it was just lucky that I was able to do both when I when I could. So it was also nice to to build a little bit of uh, a nest egg if in case it didn't work out for me, and uh, and things were a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. Whew. Wow. I well, tell Rob, you, when are you getting your license? I, it's every <laughs> other day I flip flop, man. I can't decide. <laughs> oh, I see where that was coming from. <laughs> I, I think back to the, the amount of effort I actually put into the, the exams and, uh, and, and it wasn't a lot. I mean, I'm pretty good at multiple choice because that's what I took all through, uh, through university. So I think that helped a lot. But I mean, just, I just used some of the, uh, the study aids. And I mean, I think I put in four or five hours for, for each of the, the exams, no problem. Yeah. Right. It's interesting. It's something to chew on, eh? Okay. So you know what? You're doing some other cool creative investing as well. Do you want to tell us about some of that? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, coming out of my corporate job, I'm now at a whole bunch of RSPs, which are in underperforming mutual funds, and I I wasn't sure what to do with them. And so being a real estate investor, I was wanting creative ways to look at being able to use RSPs to invest in real estate. And originally, the only way I, I knew of was to do like arm's length second mortgages. Um, stuff like that without a triggering tax consequences. Um, and so just recently, after a little bit more digging, being able to come across uh, a couple different companies that are offering RSP and TFSA eligible investments, which are in real estate. And so the, the first company that, that I've invested with, which I was introduced to, I think it was last year, actually through Rockstar, when they came to speak at one of our events, is um, Greybrook Securities. Uh, so they're a little bit different from a traditional real estate investing in that 
instead of leveraging a lot of the investors' money in syndicated mortgages and stuff like that, it's actually raw capital used to purchase the land, um, which they then do development on and partner with a developer, and then the, the profits are split equally. So instead of getting profit on the back end, you're actually getting the manufacturer's profit as the inventory is sold off at developer um, margins. They're able to to offer a lot higher returns on investment. Um, the last project, I think, which is, uh, is set to be in Hamilton that, that I was looking at is targeted to re- do a 29% return on investment mm-hmm. um, over the first five years. Um, so that's one of the big ones. And the other one, which is a little bit closer to traditional real estate investing, is through a company called Paramount Equity. What they offer is uh, it's a syndicated second mortgage, but instead of being tied to a single second mortgage where uh, the risk is much higher and when the uh, mortgage holder decides that they want to terminate, you're now on the hook to try and find a new second mortgage to invest in and potentially have your money not working for you. It's more like a fund of second mortgages where you're investing and, and your, your capital is actually spread across a couple, which minimizes your risk. And it offers a return of uh, 12% annually, which is paid out on a, a monthly basis. So 1% per month annually. It's a one-year term. So if you want your money back after the first year, you get it back. And the best part about what Paramount has is even though it's not, it can't be written on their uh, advertising and marketing stuff um, as per the Ontario Securities Commission is they actually have a no-loss resolution policy so that they will guarantee pretty much that that your money will be safe and you'll you'll get the interest owed regardless of of whether there is a foreclosure or something on a second mortgage and they'll they'll manage that entire process they'll manage getting it back on the market they'll manage renovating it and then the sale of the property in order to to secure your funds so pretty cool. We did a lot of due diligence on on both of these companies and, and both of them have been in the business for quite a while and have a lot of very happy investors. So we were confident that uh, it made sense for, for us to, to invest in them. And that's where I, I chose to, to put my money. Yeah, I heard Graybrook at, at the Toronto Investor Forum. That's right. Yeah, they were the, the big sponsor there. So It seemed pretty interesting. It sounded a little bit different than the rest. So right. that was a, a good thing. But yeah. again... Greybrook has a lot of cool projects too. Like there's there's tons in, in Toronto. I think they just bought a huge plot of land in at Bay and I think it's Bay and Bloor. And they have a couple of beer stores where they're actually keeping the beer store retail facility in there and building the condominium units around it. It's uh, uh, a lot of cool stuff that's going on that they're doing. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard of Paramount, but I'm going to check that out now too. Well, James, so what's the uh, motivation to invest in something like that? I mean, you're obviously doing well with uh, your houses and that. Is it just to diversify a bit or what's the what's the actual reason to look into that? Right. Well, so the big one for me was my RSPs were tied up, right? Oh, right um, yeah. And so I, unless I'm going to sell them and uh, and incur the tax consequences, there's, there's really limited options. So by having these RSP eligible investments, that's that made sense for me. So I can still invest in real estate. I mean, the, the returns uh, were fantastic, right? So they rival kind of some of the stuff that I'm getting with my the, the non-registered real estate investments. And the other cool thing is um, with the, I, I, I think there was just announced today, the, the recent change to the TFSA limits mm-hmm. to uh, up to $10,000, right? Mm-hmm. So anything that I'm not paying any taxes on is, is beneficial to me, right? So if I can throw, I think the, the current, if you haven't invested anything in a TFSA, the limit's about 40,000 bucks. So if you can start growing that now, tax-free over the next 10, 20 years. You're just laughing, right? Definitely. Yeah. And uh, 
underperforming mutual funds. I don't know. Is there any well-performing? <laughs> That's a very good point. I, I was, I'm trying to remember what, uh, I think it's in the Tony Robbins book that, that showed that most mutual funds, if you average it out, it's, uh, it's less than inflation. It's like one and a half to 2%. Yeah. Yeah. Not many good ones, if any out there, but I don't know, maybe they are. If someone knows about them, I'd be interested to hear about them. <laughs> So uh, what about some wins or ahas you've had in, in your career, I guess, as an investor or a realtor? Do you have any good stories? So, yeah, of course. One of the big ones for me, um, so I think I'd mentioned quickly that I was, um, uh, I was big on rent-to-own, especially at the start of my career. I was also helping other investors. So before I got my realtor's license, a couple of friends had also started investing in real estate, and a lot of them were from out of town in Toronto, but they were still set on investing in Hamilton. So I said, listen, in order to help you guys out, because I had already filled four of my own rent-to-owns, I would help them out and try and find tenants. And so I was filling uh, rent-to-own. Um, I was at a showing, and um, I think it was the last showing of the evening, and I, I had these guys come through. They seemed very different from the traditional kind of rent-to-own tenants when they walked in the door, and they were they were saying stuff like, well, my fridge wouldn't fit here, my stove wouldn't fit here, and all our big furniture wouldn't fit here. They were talking like they were homeowners. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I kind of dug a little bit deeper and I asked them their backstory and they said, well, we're, uh, we're currently, we currently own our home, but we're, we are running into some financial troubles and uh, we're probably going to lose it to foreclosure. And I said, well, okay, well, maybe tell me a bit more where do you guys live. And they're like, oh, our house is just a few minutes away. And I said, well, why don't we go there? There might be something that we can do. So um, they took me to their house and went inside and it was fantastic. Stainless steel appliances, granite countertops. Um, three bedrooms, two bathroom, which is kind of the exact model that we look at from a rent-to-own standpoint. And I said, well, listen, instead of you guys trying to rent-to-own some other house that doesn't fit your furniture that, that you really don't want, you obviously don't want to leave your own current house, how about I buy your house and I rent-to-own it back to you so you don't lose it. You get to stay where you've, you've raised your two children. You've got this lifetime of memories here and it works out as a win-win for everybody. So did all the due diligence on them, made sure that, that their credit was in a position that they were going to be in a position to buy the house, made sure that their income levels would support all the, the payments, all the credits would work out so they would have enough down payment. And we were able to work out a deal. And so now they're in a, a three-year rent to own, getting their own house back instead of losing it to the bank and having some stranger buy it and having to, to be uprooted and, and move their whole life into some other house and just renting. That is a really cool story, and it's nice when you can help people out, but I'm wondering, how does that work as far as the payments go? How do you get it so that – because I would assume, just uh, quickly from the outside taking a glance at this, that rent-to-own would cost more on a monthly basis than it would uh, when they were just paying their own mortgage. So how does that work? Well, you got to remember, so now as a homeowner – you're not only paying the mortgage, you're also paying property tax. You're also paying all the maintenance and repairs. So typically when you're looking at, at all those costs together, it's almost equivalent to the rent-to-own payment. Um, and and that's, that's just, I've, I've always found that in, in my experience. So even if they're paying, say, $17.50 in rent, their mortgage payment, like because most people don't have the 20% equity in their house, right? So their mortgage payment is probably $1,200, $1,300, mm-hmm. and then $250 to $300 in property taxes plus a little bit of maintenance and repairs. And all of a sudden, you're at the same amount that you were at for the rent-to-own payment. But with the rent-to-own payment, they're putting $200 to $400 a month aside for their, their down payment. Whereas when they're just uh, owning their home and paying their bills, they're unable to save anything on their own. Very, very good story. I like that. 
I like it when things work out for everybody. Yeah, no, that was um, that was pretty cool. It was it was kind of being in the right place at the right time. But I think it was it was being having done as many rentones that I had. I knew to ask just the right questions in order to kind of dig deeper to find out why they were looking into it and being able to take advantage of the situation to be able to help both of us out. I've never done any rentones, and I, I did have this similar situation where. You know, I'm always looking for private deals. I get lots of calls and somebody wanted, somebody ran that idea by me. And I just, since, since I don't know much about it, that my first thought was just that, well, if you can't afford it now and you've let yourself fall behind, how are you ever going to afford it once I buy it? Right. So that's yeah, well, good. The, the, yeah. The other big thing for them was that with, with the, they weren't able to get a second mortgage to pull out the limited equity they had in the property, but on the sale of the property, um, with no realtors fees involved, they were able to pay down all of their outstanding debt. So okay, they pretty much wiped, right wiped, yeah, they wiped the slate clean, and that also reduced now like what twenty nine percent credit card interest payments, right? So that had mm-hmm. a huge, huge impact on them being able to get things back on track. So you you have a lot of big plans, I guess, over the next couple of years, probably. What what are your big plans for the next three or five years or so? Yeah, so I mean. Biggest for me right now is is so my switch into being a realtor was was not I, I didn't make the switch just because I wanted to sell real estate I made the switch because I saw what my realtor had done for me in from not just being a realtor but from being a coach um, from educating me from uh, helping me um, from a per- personal development standpoint and I really wanted to do the same in order to help others so. My big goal is to be able to help as many people as I can kind of replicate the results that I've had. I know not everyone's going to buy nine properties in five years, but if I can help uh, even a handful to get one or two properties just so that they can, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, they've got a property that helps them that they can refinance and, and pay for their child's education or that can give them that little bit of extra cash flow um, in retirement or whatever it is that they use in order to enrich their lives from uh, just a little bit of extra wealth that, that real estate can give them. That's, that's kind of huge for me. And that's, that's, I mean, obviously the, the monetary benefit is, is there, but that's the, the, the bigger draw for me to this is, is almost, it's almost like you're being just a coach. And, and I really love that. So that, that's one of my big things is I want to be able to help as many people as I can. The other one is obviously I'm still looking to grow my own real estate portfolio. I originally had a goal of 10, but I, I think the number of doors is, is almost ir- irrelevant. So I, I don't want so many that it's going to have an impact on, on me being able to manage and, and, and manage my own, own personal life. My, my whole big thing too was to be able to, um, just on a segue, Rockstar's big motto is your life and your terms. And I wanted to be able to, you know what, as much as I'm doing, I want to be able to spend as much time with my family and, and with my daughter as possible. So by picking up another 10, 15 properties, if that meant all my time was spent in management, it's really taking away from what my goals are. Having said that, I'm still looking to grow my property by or my portfolio by at least one property a year over the next few years. But without, with just stated income for this, this past year, I'm probably going to be on hold until 2016, but uh, always open to, uh, to joint ventures and stuff like that. So, so I'm looking into that a little bit more for the, for the end of this year. Okay, nice. And as far as helping people goes, how, like, 
did you have something set up where people can get in touch with you and maybe get some mentoring from you? Yeah, I don't have an uh, we don't have an official coaching program or anything, but all of our clients we have we we run monthly meetings um that are free to for anyone to attend where we um we bring in similar to what you guys do on your show is and similar to what to Quinton does. Quinton's come and spoken and uh we have accountants come in, uh we have lawyers come in, we have a paralegal actually coming in this weekend um just to talk about uh and really just educate people on the different nuances and, and of, of real estate investing. So uh, if anyone's interested in information on that, I know we're going to share contact information at the end, but um, anyone can just email me or, uh, or give me a call on my cell and I'd be happy to, uh, to share any other information. Obviously we want to encourage everyone to go and check, to check all that out too with you, James and uh, your team there. Can you share a success quote that has made an impact on you and you're either, either in real estate or business or personal? Uh, sure. Yeah. There's, there's, I mean, I'm, I'm part of, I'm sure you find the same thing on Facebook. I have a lot of very motivated people and I'm, I see a lot of quotes on a daily basis, but one that has actually stood out for me, um, I'm taking a, um, a coaching course through uh, a company called the Leadership Management In- Inter- International. One of the, the founders of the course, his name is Paul Meyer. And, and one of the quotes that kind of stood out for me is from him and it's, uh, Whatever you vividly imagine, ardently desire, and sincerely believe, and enthusiastically act upon, must inevitably come to pass. And I just found that's it just really hit home. And if if you focus on your desires and live them day in and day out, there's no helping you but be successful. I agree with that a hundred percent. You know, when this is probably going back a couple of years, and it doesn't all come down to just just saying it obviously that quote says you know imagine it and then do what you're supposed to do to get there exactly so and that's exactly what i did when i first started out too just i mean because let's face it i worked in um i worked in equipment like construction equipment rentals for i don't know 10 years something like that and so i mean for me to start thinking this other way was really a shift it was a big one and it was a, a real learning process. So I just started telling myself, you know, you're <laughs> you're going to be a real estate investor. You're going to do this, and and you gotta and then do take actions. But it really does help when you're when you've got your mind set the right way. I think. Yeah, I mean, and and, and that's the people talk about it a different way too. But if you don't have your big why, like what what's the the whole thing that's driving you towards this? Then if your why isn't big enough, you're never going to get there. So I guess we've gotten to the point where now I can uh, ask you, how is it that people can get in touch with you? Sure. So um, anyone can send me an email. Um, my email address is uh, james at mags.ca. Very straightforward. Uh, it's uh, Last name is M-A-G-G-S. Again, that's james at mags.ca. Or uh, call or text um, 905-516-7827. And yeah, I'm uh, I'm always there to to offer support from a coaching standpoint, or uh, if you have other real estate questions, or uh, you're looking to see how you can start getting into real estate investing in Hamilton, um, I'd be happy to help out. That's great. We're going to put all of that stuff in the show notes for anybody who's interested in in hooking up with James. And I mean, you you are a very inspirational guy. You're doing a lot of stuff, taking all of these courses and offering your education to everybody out there. I really do want to thank you for taking the time to come out and talk with us tonight. And uh, I did meet you at the 
Real Estate Investor Forum. That was uh, really fun. I enjoyed that weekend. What about you? Did you like yeah, that? that was, yeah, that was great. Again, I'm, I'm always, it's, it's so energizing to be surrounded by so many people who are, are taking action and are, are in the real estate world because I find in my, you know, in my day-to-day life, obviously I'm out there showing properties and stuff. But other than that, I, like so many of my friends and family really have no clue when it comes to anything real estate and you, you can't have those com- detailed and in-depth conversations that you can with, with investors that really just get it at, at those types of events. Mm-hmm. And then now Sandy and you are both enrolled in, in the same course com- going forward here. So you guys are going to meet each other That's too. right. We're going to see each other every week for the next yeah. seven weeks. That's right. Actually, it's funny, I guess. Just to wanted to mention one thing. We want to recommend everyone to go, and if this resonates with anyone and they want to work with you or just meet up with you, James, they should definitely get in touch with you. I know maybe someone's asking why we have you on since I'm a realtor too and we're, why are we promoting your stuff? I mean, I think I try and think as abundantly as possible. I think there's enough business out there for everybody and anyone who's doing a good job, um, if if uh, if their stuff resonates with someone, we recommend that you uh, get in touch with them, like you, James, and uh, and see where it takes you. You know, so I, I think for uh, sure. I think you your uh, history there speaks for itself. You obviously, know what you're doing in the investment world, and we definitely want to recommend anyone out there listening to get in touch with you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. There's there's only so many clients that any of us can can help out at one given time, right? So. And there's, there's so many poor realtors out there that it's up to us to kind of pick up the slack and, and oh, help other people to be successful. Lots, yeah. yeah. And you know what? I think it was show number one, Sandy. We committed to having a no-scarcity mentality and just sharing everything that we had, right? Like, I mean, that's what it's all about. That's it. Can't yep. be scared. There's plenty for everyone. Yep. Agreed. Okay. Well, thank you again, James. I really appreciate this. You have yourself a good night. Thanks for having Thanks, me, guys. James. Take care. Bye. And you can reach myself or Sandy at info at breakthroughreipodcast.ca.